Welcome to the Undoku Hustle Show, a podcast designed to help people get started with entrepreneurship through the story of Undoku entrepreneurs and their process of starting up. With hosts Alejandro Flores Muñoz and Victor Galvan. Hello and welcome back to the Undocu Hustle Show. This is Victor Galvan, your host, and of course my co-host as always, Alejandro Flores Muñoz. How are you doing? I am doing well, Victor. Thank you for asking. This is our 12th episode and it has gone by super quick, but we got many, many, many more episodes to record, huh? So many more to record. Before we get into that, I do want to say that you can always find uh, all of our studio notes for this session on undocuhustle.com. And of course, if you want to find Alejandro or myself, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, you can find our product and merch on unumsunglasses.com, as well as cutesucculents.com. And you can find our products on Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, it's been a, a, a cool week seeing all the feedback from Millennial Money, man. How how was that process? The Millennial Money episode was an exciting one. I was so nervous for it to come out. Um, of course, you know, it was a nine minute video, uh, but we, we recorded about an hour and a half worth of content. So there was a lot more that we discussed uh, during the actual shooting of things. But overall, it was just, it was a pretty, pretty cool experience to be part of. Yeah, I the one thing I was like, man, to have your financials out there just in the air is crazy, but also just like shows you where where you you're you're coming from as well as where you're going, right? Like you you started off this venture, I think you were saying at sixty thousand dollars a year, um, at America Votes, no? Right around there, yeah. Closer, you know, probably with benefits and all that. And I didn't account into that, but probably right around there. Yeah, not too far from that. You know, and this is one thing that when it comes down to business, right? Like your what you're building is not your income exactly. Like some folks do decide to take a, a an income right away as soon as their business starts going, which is great. You know, I I never advise against that. But there are other people who who are are modest in their income and are willing to really build the business. And I think that's what you're doing with Stokes Poke, no? Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, también, there it's just like if I paid myself any more or took out any more, like there would really no be no business. Like that's what we could afford <laughs> at the moment. Yep. It's not like that's not what I'm shooting for. And that's not like my ideal salary. It's just where I'm comfortable at the moment. And in order for me to see growth, it requires some of these hard decisions, which is like not pay myself a lot and and just kind of like nickel and dime everything. Yeah. I I was really like taken taken aback by the episode just because like all of your finances are out, you know, like they spread all your stuff on a pie chart and you never account for for everything you do on your daily basis. What was your biggest slice of the pie? The biggest slice of the pie, I think it was the rent and even though it's a, a small slice of the pie because there the comments on the YouTube video everybody's like how can he have, how, where did he find $600, $620 rent in Denver? And yes, it's very unheard of. I am one of those rare lucky people um, that have this, you know, this, uh, this rate. But that just goes to show that 
with anything higher than that, it's tough to live in Denver, specifically where I live, like downtown Denver in Capitol Hill. So um, it's just, it's an old building. It's not maintained all the time. And, uh, you know, it's it's still very, very spacious for a $620 uh, studio. So for a lot of people, it's unbelievable that you believe in, or that you live in Denver at $600 a, a month. A lot. You know, well, that's not unbelievable because I've I've met people who are renting out like uh, an apart uh, like one one bedroom inside of an apartment for six hundred to eight hundred dollars <throat> a month, right? You're lucky enough to have your own studio apartment yeah. at six hundred dollars a month. But man, it was it was cool to see the process, and as well as like the one thing that they they showcase was your entrepreneurship. Yeah. And before we like, we I really want to dissect this video because there's a lot of things when, when I was playing and I'm like, oh my God, let me explain what I mean by that. Because a lot of people are like $400 in food. What? $400? You're spending that much in food? But I can explain to that. But before I get there, I really want to kind of uh, give just the steps that I took to be on that show. So because there's um, a lot of people out there who um, I saw in the comments as well. They're like, you know, I made this much and I'm from Philly. Highlight me or feature me. Um, and so for those out there who are wondering how I was able to get on CNBC millennial money, uh, it was a process that I have used for any other, you would say, earned media where I am pitching a story or pitching a product, whatever it is, to an outlet that can, um, in a way, distribute that content or that message to a larger audience. And most of the time I've been doing this when I, when I try to get a newspaper article, um, I learned this when we're running campaigns, you know, when, when you wanted to get like a letter to the editor, right, where you wanted a certain topic to be covered and you just wrote letters and eventually you know, one of your letters could get picked and then published in a newspaper. Well, I took that similar route and what I would do is after watching the millennial money, if you take a close look at the end, there's credits. And in those credits, there are producers that produce the show. And so what I did is I went and I you know, took a screenshot of that and then found all the producers contact information to the best ability that I could on the internet. That meant I was able to find their LinkedIn accounts. I was able to find some emails sometimes, um, you know, various, it's, it varies by the person you're searching and how searchable they want to make themselves. Yep. Another big thing. Uh, but I was able to find, um, I believe for this one, I messaged directly one of the producers, um, which then followed back to me. And that process just led into uh, many follow-ups. But most importantly, the kind of like the template that I use was a, a simple template where I explain a little bit of like, first of all, I you know, watch a lot of their content so I can get familiarized to what they're producing because not everybody's gonna wanna you know, just produce anything that you throw them out there you have a better chance of somebody covering you or covering your story if you hit up somebody who's already on that niche, right? So for me, go ahead. So b before you move move forward, like, I want to say this is a part of you, Alejandro, that I'm not used to. The, 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 like, I'm always used to the hustler Alejandro, but the marketing Alejandro, it's, it's ingenious what you did here to, like, to navigate this, this, like, one, it's like we're, we're living in the world of information, right? People are putting themselves out there every day, you know, especially, you know, you talk about California, New York, you know, places that are, are really like 
you're you need to make a name for yourself to be able to get a job to get a title to get you know the job or, or like a, a a contract stuff like that so you went out of your way to go find people's linkedin instagram try to hunt down the producer's email and to me this is a part of like marketing and network marketing that is so crucial when it comes to like making a space for yourself and this is where i'm talking about this boy has some sharp elbows right it's like if he can't find himself in a room he makes his own space by actually like putting himself inserting himself into a situation which is what you did here I think that's that's something that like th it's beyond entrepreneurship. And you know why it's I like think resilience that comes from a place of not having the budget, not having the income and the resources to be able to get myself in front of these folks, right? So like in terms of my business, both of these things that are being highlighted are I'm you know basically my my Stokes Pocket business is being highlighted, which is great because that results to more customers, right? More eyes of like where I'm at and all that stuff. But at the same time, also my narrative of me doing speaking gigs and pushing this undocumented hustle narrative and letting people know that you know you could obtain uh, income through entrepreneurship, and I'm able to push those two narratives. And that has been done through almost a template that I repeat all the time, which is I write an email to the producers, I find them online, and I then uh, let them know a little bit about my story, right? And more importantly, I link anything, any previous coverage that I've been able to get, right? So like I remember last year when we were covered for the uh, Food Truck Friday, where it was a live segment that came out on live TV on Channel 2 News. And I used that clip to get uh, in other platforms, for example, Westward, our local magazine here in Denver. I used different outlets to try to get coverage. And then I utilized all those little coverages to go f out for bigger fish. And so one of the things I've been doing, too, is not only just finding the producers' names, but I've been following their content. I have been, you know, find them on Twitter. Uh, and more importantly is that I've been casting a white net. CNBC Make It was one of the shows that I have sent my information to. But also I did this with uh, Square, Square Capital. We had a dialogue and a conversation with them and we were going to get covered, but COVID happened and their plan, our plans with Square went, you know, got a little bit stuck. But uh, I'm on talks right now with Vice, Munchies with Vice. I have our, their producers on the, in, in their, like their, I'm in their inbox right now. And we're exchanging information. Uh, American Express is another big one that I have right now in current communications and in talks. And all of these have been done through that template of showcasing your story, tagging other places that you've already been featured in, and then just let the ball roll itself. But you have to do this 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 times. And eventually one's gonna, you know, it's gonna hook. Yeah. For me, it happened to be that was Make It CNBC. You know what this reminds me of, Alejandro? Have you seen that show, the YouTube um, um, Yes Theory? No. No? It's, it's, it's um, I'm sorry if, if, if you know, folks don't uh, know this show, but it's it's this YouTube channel where these four guys from different countries come together around this theory that they need to say yes to life, right? Mm. And like get into crazy situations because they decided to say yes, um, and they get crazy notions like you know get into the Oscars or you know mm. go 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 um, um, into you know the 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 stadium so as, they... as the posse of of like you know Mayweather and like 
and they end up like doing crazy stuff. Sometimes, like I I've done that to try stuff. to get to try to get into the clubs before. <laughs> <laughs> but like this reminds me of like, like people really set boundaries on themselves because they they think about what's possible, what's legal, what's what's like the boundary, what what is limiting themselves, and these limitations sometimes like they put us in a box. Right. It's like I remember explicitly feeling like when I was younger that people in power, people in the legislature, that there was no access to those people mm. because they were high profile people who I would never encounter on a day to day. And then one day somebody literally opens the door to the Capitol to me and is like, this is the people's house. This is your house. If you want to see your representative, he might be or she might be in their office and like literally led me to their office and is like, there's my there's my legislator. You know, at that time was um, Jerry Farangas. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, it's like opening that door and showing me that these rules that we, these constructs and these limitations are all in our heads. Yeah. And it's like, you think to yourself, it's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to meet with a big time producer of uh, CNBC. It's like, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. These are just people walking around day to day. And, And I think the most, another important part that I use here is that I, also like i said earlier you have to figure out who is in that niche right so for example as you're talking about the legislatures if you're trying to get a policy change or a policy in place then you got to go and find you know the aides of the legislator first and try to get a meeting in with that legislator and and whatever steps those take you know there are steps that are you know taken before and to try to get there same thing here with um uh, earned media I found shows that one I can relate to that I enjoy watching and that stories like mine as an undocumented immigrant somebody who's you know trying to make a living here to survive not only to survive from on my own but also provide employment for others uh, and grow my business and uh, create community wealth and generational wealth like those are talking points and things not that I'm not only living but I know that there are what is being talked about in community right now and so we need to be able to elevate those things and a lot of these producers are trying to find these genuine true stories that live in many many of our listeners that live in many of our communities and so it's also not for everyone like you just said how are you going to put your entire budget and everything you make out in the open for it to be scrutinized which i have definitely been scrutinized uh but also it allowed me to recognize where i stand because really this show these producers they you know go really deep i had to send them two years of my tax returns i had to send them my bank statements uh transactions that i had so they went through my transactions to make sure that the things i was saying were legit and so even that was a little scary here i am sending you know all my information online to people uh you know signing ndas and all these other things um but I think that ultimately I'm seeing this as an opportunity to continue to grow the brand, the message, and uh, hopefully inspire others to you know take the same leap that I've taken. That's right. That's right. And I, I honestly think, and, and I'm so grateful that you were able to get that, that interview in this, this like segment, because I feel like this is the tide that may raise our boat, you know, as in DocuHustle is like, we're trying to help others. This is going to help raise our profile as folks that are just trying to get other business owners, all their small business owners, especially immigrant business owners off the ground. Right. Mm -hmm. To me, like this, this really does create an opportunity to one, like hub people who are small business owners in the same place, people who are reaching out to you 
and really make them a, 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 a following of this show and like the work that we're doing so that they're they're not just listening to us but they're working with us to grow a bigger narrative which is that you shouldn't be afraid to go into business for yourself yes yes and i think that's the ultimate it it feels so good to get some of these like people messaging me and asking me for advice or wanting to connect or wanting to um, uh, figure out how we can collaborate it's been an awesome opportunity and i want to continue this and so i have now been now now i have this video as almost like a leverage an opportunity to go and you know hit up somebody somebody else right because you know this is a proven the proven theory or a proven method that i've been doing it's just like contact producers find them and so i've been doing that so you know i want to take this moment like let's let's um let's talk about the reactions that you had from this video like what were some of the comments that you got from <coughs> folks i saw some of the comments the some of them were nasty others were uplifting like people were super encouraging and also a lot of people had questions right so what what was the feedback from this Yes, well, I, I think one of the funniest ones, it's like, you know, how did he pay, how does he pay 620 bucks a month in rent? That was definitely a funny one. Um, but some of the other ones, it's like, finally, a a video or a, a narrative that we can relate to, that people can relate to, like talking about earning $46,000 a year and how I'm able to get that. It was very relatable. A lot of those comments come from that. Like, thank you for sharing this. Thank you. Thank you. So I think that was great. And it was very uplifting. A lot of people recognizing the hustle, talking about, you know, immigrants representing immigrants and all that great stuff. Love it. But you can never forget the trolls and the haters out there, like asking, like, you know, isn't it illegal to show an illegal on youtube it's like ay dios mio there's so many different things first of all i am not illegal that's the number one thing this uh no one is illegal in stolen land right that's right and <laughs> you know like i honestly these are the kinds of things that like you know you you really don't you, you can't pay attention to these guys because it's like everywhere you go there's gonna be naysayers right people you know I've had people come up to me about the Undocu Hustle or a friend tells me about the Undocu Hustle show and they think, you know, we're, we're, we're destroying, you know, we're, we're too capitalist or this and that. And like, it's like, you know what, we're going to do us and they're going to do them. It's like, people are always going to hate. And, and at the, at the end of the day, we are t far too busy to listen to those people because we're too busy, like moving forward. Right. That's one. And two, we can't get stuck on 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 repeat of people that are telling us no, because if we listen to their advice, we'd get nowhere. Yeah. And I and then also like the producers were also very concerned about this. They were asking me, like, you know, is it OK that you're going to share out there your status and that you're undocumented and you're renewing your DACA and all this? And I said, you know what? I feel safe and protected because I've been so outspoken about my story and for so long. This is not the first time that I publicly come out as undocumented. You know, you and I have been both covered in various articles. We've put ourselves out there to move the needle forward. Um, and I essentially really, truly believe that my story, sharing it, sharing it here in a platform such as CNBC, showcasing that as an undocumented immigrant, I can survive. Right. When we hear that there's 11 million undocumented immigrants living in this country, it's just not a number. Those are people surviving here. And how are they doing it? A lot of them are entrepreneurs and doing a lot of these hustles out there. Uh, so I was just very it was a great opportunity to be able to be on the show and, and, and highlight my, my narrative. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I've had those instances where people ask me, like, 
aren't you afraid by telling your story that this might happen or that might happen but like there's a community safety net and like folks knowing that you're undocumented like at least if they know you know that you're undocumented the first place they're gonna check is ice right <laughs> like if you ever go missing the first place they're gonna check is the detention centers so like that to me is like you know important right yes um people in our community who stay in the shadows and like of course you know it's it's everybody's choice to whether they or not they want to make their status known but like for folks that don't know like i've literally come into situations with families where the husband or wife goes missing and no one knows where the hell to look for them because it's like you know nobody ever knew their status maybe the husband and the wife didn't even know the status wow, yeah and they don't even know to check immigration yeah no i i think also like for me um it's just i if i can use my story to showcase that we are like a lot of people in the comments were saying like you're stealing jobs and not paying taxes and you know all those nasty narratives that we've been tied into um are one untrue but two i'm also showcasing how untrue they are so one one comment that i really want to highlight and i see multiple of these is finally someone i can relate to more profiles of people with a salary range like this you know okay emoji thank you um cnbc make make it for finally interviewing someone from latino and immigrant community geez finally they put someone who makes somewhat the average salary people are relating to you here this is amazing what do you think about that no i have just that's the reason why i wanted to get on the show right because if you've been watching millennial money there are you know people making 150,000, 200,000, living on 300,000, living on you know ninety thousand, and and it's like yeah like a lot of people in our community don't that's essentially uh, a representative of that. And I think that also it's highlighted on specifically a clip that I want to play where I'm talking about salaries and not, you know, being able to, there's no viability because, you know, either because you don't have the degree or the experience or the status or the immigration status, or there are various var variables out there that can prevent somebody who's undocumented or who's first generation in this country to a larger salary if you're just trying to work your regular nine to five route, right? And so this is where I talk about a little bit of that. Has always had a side hustle here. And I'll tell you this, when I was younger, I sometimes felt a little bit embarrassed of the work that my mom was doing, selling perfumes and selling jewelry on the side or selling cheesecakes door to door. All of that to me, felt like we were doing it out of necessity and it really didn't click to me when i was younger that it was actually an entrepreneurship spirit that lived in my mom by her trying to survive she was teaching me entrepreneurship traits and she was very diligent when the sales would come on um, and the way that she would go door to door and sell things those all of those so I, I wanted to speak to this because it, 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 it obviously resonated with you. Um, this, this part absolutely resonated with me. And I, I, I see a lot more comments here that say the same like love that he talked about his mom praying for people like this because you made a real human connection here. And like when you're saying that, honestly, like this is the part where I was like, man, like Alejandro is, is speaking to the incredible women in our lives that prop up this society the women of color that deserve every single piece of gratitude for the men that we've become right mm -hmm. for the people that we've become as like as entrepreneurs as hustlers as like 
great young men who are striving to improve the world because these women sacrificed so much tooth and nail, literally blood and sweat to make sure that we had a, a roof over our heads, food in our bellies and clothes on our back. And like I see so many comments like these where it's like, thank you for lifting up, you know, women of color. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, like you'll come to hear here that that, he, that I'm saying what I'm saying on this specific clip is that there were so many valuable lessons being taught when I was younger and we were all younger that we now look back and they're like, oh, well, you're such, you know, have such good work ethic or you are so driven or you are so all of these different, you know, positive attributes that I can look back and be like, well, it's because of my mom. Yep, that's exactly right. All of all of those lessons, looking back, taught me a lot. And although my mom never sat me down and said, "Mijo, here is the return on investment that we're gonna get today, and here's how I came about, and here's the business plan that I wrote, or here's a marketing strategy that I'm gonna do," none of that ever existed. And I think that's why a lot of our community continues to not be able to scale up. It's because we don't have the resources. And when I mean we don't have the resources, resources can also be we're just not savvy in how to put a website together or we don't have the capital to be able to get the fancy logo um, or even smaller things like navigating through the licensing process. It's a lot of different resources that we don't have accessible to us or they're not they don't come second nature because our parents didn't do it or didn't navigate to that or even small things that lead to generational wealth that we know are functioning for, for essentially white supremacy, right? Like we know that, that, that um, banking and mortgages and all those things are, are set up in a way to, to prosper wealth, but in the white community, right? These banks are in white communities. They're in white neighborhoods. They're not in black neighborhoods. They're not in, in Latino neighborhoods. And that's where we really have to like struggle to find those resources, right? No, no, no mortgage lender is going to sit us down and is like, this is probably the best mortgage. Or venture capitalists, right? <laughs> exactly. Like vent there's, yes, I forget who I was talking to about. I think it was Celeste yesterday. Shout out to Celeste again. Um, we were talking about, and I think she said that there was a very little percentage of black owned capitalists or venture capitalists that, or pe people of color venture capitalists. It's like in the 0 0.0 percentage kind of thing like it's very very low percentage well, because if you're if you're wealthy and black wealthy and brown you're still building generational wealth for yourself right um when we're talking about like roi our roas and 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 uh 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 our roth iras and and like stuff like that where we know like putting away eight thousand dollars a year for yourself in the long run can make you a millionaire when you retire it's like nobody sat down and told us that Nobody talks nor, about nor do we have the interest. Like on this thing, we're like, you know, my savings are very, one of the things that didn't get covered on the show, on the video was of like, why is it that there's no savings in my, like in my, you know, uh, breakdown of the budget. And one, it's because my savings, I'm, in order for me to save, I have to right now give up something else that I'm utilizing to buy back my time. And so I haven't been able to get back to the savings mode because any profits that I'm getting, I'm using them one to survive and two to put them back into either self-development in a way where I'm going to see that return on investment on myself or in the business that I'm doing in a bigger fold that will then allow me to really save 
where I have the opportunity to just save. It's a complicated, complicated one. And I mean, we're we're all in the same bucket, right? Like we're normal Americans. You know, uh, what what is what is it? Uh, one out of five Americans doesn't, or or one only one out of five Americans actually has a savings account, and on average, it's like less than ten thousand dollars. Wow, that's just true. You know, like we 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 fall under those buckets, right? And I think you know, for me, just recently, I really started saving to. You know, for for me, like I'm thinking about buying a house, and it's like, God, I I have to set money aside so that I have that one percent, three percent, eight percent down um, on my home. Um, so it's things like that. But you know, uh, uh, incredible, incredible um, work here with millennial money, and you know, it's it's one of many opportunities to come. I think for us and this show, as well as for our guests, you know, f- um, I want to see this expand to our community. You know, for folks that are listening, if you have a story like this that you want to share with us that you have been able to get onto a show or a, a news article or something like that because yeah, you of do? your business, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you about how you got there and why it is that you did that as a strategy. I mean, we know why Alejandro's doing it, you know, and, and really like to me, that's, that is the hustle. That's the entrepreneurial spirit. That's breaking the boundaries of, of what, what, what the rules are for you and 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 for your future you know um th- to me it, it just means that the the sky is the limit if you really look at it as like you know there's no rules against me reaching out to a producer and putting my name on the list yeah put your name on and most importantly cast a wide net do it start watching a bunch of shows research who's covering the topic you know hash find the hashtags that are trending that are related to your uh, market uh, to your story how can you tie in your story to your market uh, it's the things that I just been utilizing and so um, if you want to have the template of the emails I've been sending out to various producers where you can just you know copy paste or delete things and add them to to uh, with your narrative then uh, hit me up I'm down to give that away for free so we we've come to the end of our show and I just want to thank you Alejandro for for creating this opportunity with millennial money I hope that it, it, it creates a lot of more uh, momentum for us and for this show as well as for our, our, our audience you know I hope that the resources come in the one thing that I, I of course always want to repeat is that you can find the show notes in uh, on com, as well as if you want to connect with me or Alejandro you can find us on Facebook, Instagram as well as our businesses um, the one thing that we do want to announce on this show is that immigrant ri- immigrants rising one of the the cohorts that that alejandro was a part of is announcing the docu hustle learning hub um, regardless of your immigration status you can start your own business and become a freelancer this learning hub is full of lessons and interactive worksheets that can help you learn the ins and outs of starting a company working as an independent contractor and how to access capital and financing um, financing to get you started so check it out on our website as well as immigrantrising.com it's immigrantrising.org immigrantrising.org sorry for, about yeah. that but um yeah um again thank you so much for listening um we always ask you to subscribe share and comment and of course you know um reach out to us if you have any questions or any ideas for this show awesome thank you victor all right until next time alejandro